Hello, everyone. Welcome into the Sports Plus Podcast. I'm Corey Miller here with Frank Cusimano. We got a lot to talk about. We don't have a whole lot of time to talk about it, so let's get right into it. We'll start with the Cardinals. All-star break. They come into it two games under 500, eight games out in the Central. Frank, just what's the current state of things right now? Is there any opportunity for a turnaround, or is this just kind of the Cardinals we're stuck with this year? Well, I actually feel a little more optimistic than I normally do about the Cardinals because KK has figured it out. He's had two brilliant outings in a row where he hasn't allowed a run. Adam Wainwright has been magnificent the entire month. Jack Flaherty is coming back. So you can go into a series now with the big three uh, pitching well. So uh, I'm a little bullish. And speaking of big three, how about the way the Cardinals have performed when they have all three outfielders. I mean, say what you will about Harrison Bader, but the guy is actually, you know, hitting. His OPS has been very good since he's come back. Tyler O'Neill has been good all season long. And uh, Dylan Carlson is a top five rookie in the National League. So if, if the DeYoung last two games is not an aberration and he starts to figure it out too, then I think you're okay. I mean, Tommy Edmonds is one of the top 10 uh, leaders in hits in the National League. You're great at third. You're okay at first. You're a Hall of Famer at behind the plate. You have three good bullpen guys. Look, you're only eight games back. I am not as down as I've been on the Cardinals. In fact, this is the most optimistic I've been in, a, in about a month. I think a big reason for that is we talked about this even at the beginning of the year when we didn't know what the team was going to be like. It's a division. Uh, I don't trust – I mean, the Reds are four games out. I don't trust them at all. The Brewers have looked great, but I still don't really trust them. Uh, that pitching could fold, I think, at any moment. So uh, I think uh, I, I'm kind of riding that optimism train as well. We'll see how it goes. Uh, fans have, have been out with the torches and pitch, pitchforks already, wanting guys fired on the hot seat. Do you think there's any chance they're going to be buyers here at the deadline? Do you think they have that much confidence that they think, okay, if we do a little something here or there, it could propel us to a playoff spot? I, I would not be surprised if, if some type of arm is brought in. I mean, maybe Jake Woodford, who's going to move into, into uh, Oviedo's spot in the rotation. I was about to say Otani. <laughs> uh, that'd be nice, too. Yeah. <laughs> um, maybe he's, he's going to be your savior here down the stretch. But I, look, they're always looking for arms, and it wouldn't surprise me at all. I mean, look how many arms they brought in recently. I don't know if any of them are any good, but they're trying. Cardinals fans have been just so incredibly down. There's a contingent that have even convinced themselves Nolan Arenado is going to opt out at the end of the season. Please talk these people off this ledge, Frank. No, he's not. He spends uh, too much time at um, Forest Hills Country Club, and he has great neighbors, as he told us on a soundbite today. And with the uncertainty with the baseball labor situation, I don't think it's a good idea for anybody to opt out of any, you know, humongous contract like he has. So, He's definitely going to be back next year. All right. Looking forward to see how things shape up for the Cardinals in the second half. We do have to talk some blues here in the middle of summer. Breaking news last week, report from Jeremy Rutherford from The Athletic saying that star forward Vladimir Tarasenko wants out of St. Louis. He wants a trade, upset with how his shoulder surgeries have been handled. He's had just six or excuse me, seven regular season goals past two seasons, 34 games the past two seasons combined. It just kind of seems like it is the end of this relationship, Frank. Yes. And, um, 
you know, I'm to the point where I would drive Vladimir Tarasenko to the airport. <laughs> Look, oh, w- w- think of all the things that have gone wrong here. First of all, he's not productive. Second of all, he's overpaid. Third, he has problems with his teammates. Fourth, allegedly, he doesn't like the way the chief criticizes him. I mean, let me tell you something. I want a coach after a game that's not going to be milk toast. I don't want a coach to trash a player, but it's great to have somebody actually refreshing in a post-game press conference say that, hey, he's got to be better. He, he's, he needs to play better. He's, he needs to work harder. That's all Craig Ruby's done. I mean, I don't understand how anybody could be upset, you know, with with that. So, look, if, if Vladimir Tarasenko doesn't want to be here, I think the Blues can still have a team next year in the National Hockey League. I think they'll be just fine. I don't know how Doug Armstrong's going to finagle this, though, with all that money. It's going to be very interesting. I, I think they're going to leave him unprotected in the expansion draft and hope some hope Seattle takes him if they can't trade him before then. But I don't really know how Armstrong is going to pull this out off without eating a bunch of money. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, who's in the market for a descending, disgruntled, expensive player? Not many teams. But, I mean, he's, he's not that far removed from being one of the best goal scorers in the league. So somebody's going to have to look at his shoulder. Somebody's going to have to look in his heart and say, okay, we'll take a stab. And I, I imagine there's going to be one take. It is unfortunate it's kind of ending in this fashion with how much he was beloved beloved here, and uh, they don't win the Stanley Cup, I don't think, without Vladimir Tarasenko. So, But it does look like it's time to move on, and we're going to move on. We're going to talk some Olympics moving closer and closer to the games and on five on your side. We're the official home of the games here in St. Louis. First thing, we got to talk about the men hoops team that gave everybody a scare with that exhibition loss to Nigeria. How – scared should people be frank i mean this is still the overwhelming favorite but that does not look good in any sense of the any sense because especially with the lineup you tried it out your guys you think are going to win you a gold medal yeah but you're still missing um at least three players from that final roster and um look in the end they are going to trot out there one of the most skilled four or fivesomes, you know, we've seen on a basketball court. You're going to see Tatum. You're going to see Durant. You're going to see Dame Lillard. Uh, you're going to see Brad Beal. You may see Zach Levine. I mean, that's that's a neat group. And Bam Adebayo is a very skilled five. It's not like Greg Popovich is going to get out coached. Now, granted, it was a disaster against the team they've beaten by like 60 and 40, respectively, the last two times they played Nigeria. But, you know, Drew Holiday is going to be over there soon. Uh, Devin Booker is going to be over there soon. They'll be just fine. I can't believe you're, you don't think Popovich could be outcoached by uh, that, that Greek coach over there, Frank. Did they, make the t- did they end up making the cut for the tournament? Are they in there? You know, I'm not 100% certain, but I will say this. If Patino's coaching them, they got a shot. They, they absolutely <laughs> have a shot. Last thing as we get closer to the Olympics, we're starting to – organize our local Olympians and see who's who is going over there. We got a big crop of local talent that's heading over to Tokyo. Who's maybe somebody uh, besides Beal and Tatum, since we've already talked about them, who's somebody you're really keeping an eye on that's going to show up for St. Louis big time. Well, I think uh, Tyler Downs is going to be fascinating to watch. You know, he handled the big stage at the trials. Now he's going to try to do it at the Olympics. I also am a big fan of Deanna Price. Uh, what an unbelievable 
hammer thrower she is. Uh, she's just an insane athlete. It would be great to see her. She's so humble. She's just someone you want to root for. So um, those are two of two, two people to watch from St. Louis. Deanna was who I was going to shout out to. I, I uh, don't find myself watching much hammer throwing, but whenever she's going, I'll have to be watching that live because I think she's going to be looking to break some world records and come home with goals for sure. I think she's one of our best bets from here to come home with a medal. So looking forward to seeing her compete. This past week on Sports Plus, Frank sat down with our town's greatest athlete of all time, Jackie Joyner-Kersey, right in time for the Olympics. So here is Frank's conversation with the legend, JJK. So we know you're the world's greatest athlete. We know you were a great basketball player. But question number one, were you ever bad at anything or are you bad at anything at all athletically? Well, <laughs> yes, there are several things that I'm not uh, good at. One being I'm not a good dancer, you know, uh, and, but I don't mind challenging myself and, you know, and also making fun of myself, trying something new and not taking myself too seriously. Well, I'd love to see you as a bad dancer. <laughs> oh, I, you know what? I dance really well sitting down. <clears throat> right, let's get to the Olympics. What would it be like for you to perform with no fans in the stands like these athletes will do this summer? It would be tough. It's tough. You know, you train all these years, but uh, every day is something new. Something's changing. And and uh, those athletes that are ready, it almost be like, you know, a real high level practice you know, without fans. And, uh, you know, but I I commend them and and I'm pulling for each and every one of them. A hot topic, Olympic-related, Shakari Richardson not allowed to compete, even though she probably is the fastest female in the United States. She tested positive for marijuana. We know that's not a performance-enhancing drug, but your take on the whole situation, your former doctor, Rick Lehman, says everybody knows the rules. I do feel for her, you know, knowing working all these years, but uh, I can't imagine uh, what she was going through, the loss of her mom and all the other circumstances, but... To me, she handled everything like a true champ, admitting it and, and moving forward. I'm wondering how often you think about your former sister-in-law, Florence Griffith Joyner, who died 33 years ago at the age of 38. And I guess with the Olympics happening and with the way Richardson performed, a lot of people thought about Flojo. How often do you think about her, Jackie? You know what? I can't help but to think about her every day. You know, talking. You know, with my brother every day. Uh, the daughter Mary and and you know and then with the the Olympics and then so many people paying homage to uh to Florence and you know it's just uh whenever the Olympics roll around a lot of people uh think of her at that time but to us we we think about her uh every day you know and it's just uh such a big loss but I love how uh the athletes are paying homage to her and keeping her uh, memory and everything that she was able to do for our sport beyond running fast, you know, on the field. One of the greatest things about your career is that you never took steroids. Bob Gibson told me once during an interview that if he were offered steroids, he may have done it. Why did you always resist? You know what? I think that one, uh, my faith in God and also my faith in my ability and, and all the coaches and everyone who work with me, you know, our conversation was always based around uh, the commitment to the hard work, you know, 
doing whatever we had to do, putting in the time and understanding that uh, we talk about trusting the process and then trusting the process is that you don't be impatient, you know, slow and steady, you know, and, and sometimes, you know, that's just not a conversation, you know, we would have, you know, so it was really about putting the work, you know, and that's why I knew when I left the sport, I had given it all I had to give, you know, I left it all, you know, on the track and, and sometimes just leaving portions of my uh, tissue mus muscle or, you know, just giving it all. A lot of athletes, ex-athletes, wake up sore every day. How about yourself? Oh, you know what? I'm one that uh, I don't overextend myself. You know, I, I have a routine. You know, I believe in stretching. I work out. And when I overextend myself, yes, I get a little soreness. But that that also says that I, I'm doing the work. You know, I, I go out to the park. I walk. I run hills. But, you know, I don't push myself because I have no need to push myself, you know? So I really try to find the balance, but not to the point where I'm extremely sore and I don't want to do it anymore. Do you ever act like the rest of us and get a couple of sloppy cheeseburgers and a beer? <laughs> you know what? I never drank before, but I don't mind having a, a cheeseburger with just mustard and pickles and lettuce on it. <laughs> what title would you rather have? The world's greatest athlete, which you already have, or the world's wealthiest woman? Oh, and you missed one. I think the world's greatest person Ooh. is the title I would want. I think you got that too. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't mind having a little wealth too. <laughs> okay, say I'm wealthy. I'm talking like Mike Bush wealthy. And I say, I have a checkbook in front of me right now. I'm gonna write you a check for your six Olympic medals. What would the number be? Oh, wow. You know what? I think a, a good number would be, you know, it's seven events, seven billion. That would be <laughs> awesome. You know, <laughs> I could donate that, donate that to my center. You know? <laughs> that will do it for this week's episode of the Sports Plus podcast. Be sure to download and subscribe as well as rate and review wherever you get your podcasts. Have a great week, everybody.